water. In the Holy Scripture, water is more than simply a physical substance. It is a certain concept, and that concept is connected in a special way with the idea of life. Nothing in the world is softer and more yielding than water, yet it wears down the hard and strong, and none can overcome it, though anyone can conquer it. That which is yielding conquers the strong, and the soft overcomes that which is hard. Water has memory. Experiments done in many countries around the world have shown that water receives and makes an imprint of any outside influence, remembering everything that occurs in the space that surrounds it. As it records information, water acquires new properties, yet its chemical composition remains unchanged. Any substance coming into contact with water leaves a trace in the water. Water was actually recommended to me by Lupe, and as it's been the situation ever since I've known her, I can always count on the great references for great art, great, great art, great movies after Lupe. And so, loved water, sent it to everybody, to Joshua, to Leanne, to Celine, everybody loved it, and uh, uh, and it did definitely change a lot of our perceptions of our relationship with water. Lupe, since you were the one that introduced the whole thing, I'd like to get your take on the documentary water. I guess what fascinated me is how different frequencies, I guess, would might change the chemical composition of water. But I mean, I think it started even before this, because I think I've gotten on this uh, interest in resonance. Even in YouTube, if you look up resonance, all of a sudden, like certain vibrating frequencies create certain... Uh, 
shapes and stuff. And that kind of really coincides with like how water molecules are being shaped too by these vibrations. Supposedly, like, you know, when we meditate, we become more at peace because we're actually becoming more aligned with the same frequency of the earth. In this other movie um, called The Elegant Universe, yeah, you just find out that, like, string theory is all about, like, how different frequencies create different strings, which create reality. So, I'm sorry. I was just, I think that's what got me onto this I, and why I really wanted you to check it out. Just, like, wow, like, what an effect certain frequencies can have on water but not only that like because most of us are primarily made of that like you know what effect it has on us too and brian you said you would watch it as well oh yeah absolutely uh lupe i'd like to start off by thanking you for passing that around uh <laughs> into the uh into, into the circle and the collective here um i i just watched it this evening and man, what an amazing, amazing documentary. I've been in music for a long time. I've also been a sound guy. So as far as the uh, frequencies go, that that was absolutely amazing. I really uh, didn't know this, but uh, one of the pieces or uh, what one of the professors was saying in there was when people start to say prayer with a lot of love, a lot of emphasis of, of positive energy that is involved with that. It goes to a certain eight hertz which I did not know that. That was quite interesting. Like you were saying, uh, when when people meditate and get on a certain frequency, they do get in harmony with the earth itself. And what I thought was amazing was was playing the the different uh, different pieces of music, uh, Bach and and uh, Mozart, and then all of a sudden they played like hard rock to it and uh, changed it completely. There there are so many aspects of the movie that that. I was just totally amazed about, but at the same time, totally understood. Well, a while back when I was finding myself, <laughs> uh, and Josh can uh, attest to this, is uh, started getting in a lot of Taoist poetry and uh, and, and philosophy. And uh, one of the one of the biggest things that always stuck with me was to be like water, because nothing can really contain it. And uh, this movie actually kind of took on, uh, <laughs> I didn't know how deep the water really went until I saw this movie, but it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. It was great. What I found the most interesting about it was, was you know, that, that water has memory and that water is receptive to, to energy, to sound waves, and to thought. Because, um, you know, thoughts have weight. Um, and really what it speaks to is that intention and the intention that you put out there, you know, be it generous, loving, kind, or greedy, selfish, and full of angst and, and hatred and fear, has a direct result on not only how you feel, but on, you know, how your body feels and how people around you feel. And it's literal ripples out, you know, throughout the planet that affect every aspect of our lives. Really what it spoke to me of was that intention is everything. And what you intend to do and the manner in which you do it, even the timbre and tone of your voice and the music that you surround yourself with has a real direct physical effect on the structure of water, which makes up between 80 and 90 percent of our bodies and our brains. So literally the thoughts that you have create the reality and the sense of wellness that you have. Water is so tied to life in every aspect. All life is dependent upon it on this planet. Where did it come from? It denies 
laws of physics repeatedly. As it gets colder, it expands instead of contracts, etc. And when everything else has basically the opposite effect, it defies gravity by going against uh, atmospheres of pressure and climbing up trees, even 150-foot-tall redwood and cedar trees. How does it do that without intention? I just think it's beautiful. Uh, again, it's it's proof to me of the existence of God, is that water is tied to everything, and it is life. It is part of every religious ceremony or every religious order in the world. It's, it speaks to the reasons behind why people offer blessings for, for food and for drink because of the literal structural changes. Maybe they weren't aware of it. Maybe they were aware of it in the past. But I think now that science is sort of confirming that, it, it brings up all new kinds of questions about the way in which we're living our lives. Well, I think, I think in general this whole thing is about reconnecting to what we're disconnected from. And the documentary is a reminder of that, to reconnect to those things which bring us life. That's what I think the essence of the entire documentary is, is the reminder of this interconnectedness, how each and every one of us can affect water and affect everyone and everything else around us. And it's the recognition of having that power to make those positive changes or to make negative impact. I mean, one of the biggest things that I teach to kids is that people may not remember exactly what you said, or they may not remember what you did, but they will always remember remember how you you feel. feel. We have carried out many experiments on the effect that quite diverse factors have on samples of water. Magnetic fields, electrical fields, various objects and also including a human presence and human emotions. And it became clear that positive and negative human emotions are the strongest element of influence. Professor Korotkov's laboratory has conducted numerous experiments on the effect of human emotions on water. A group of people were asked to project onto a flask of water in front of them very positive emotions like love, tenderness, and concern. Then, the flask was replaced with another one, and the people were asked to project emotions of a different type. Fear, aggression, hatred. After this, measurements were taken on the samples. The water exhibited changes that were clearly in one direction or another. Aggressive emotions reduce the energy and make radical changes in the water. Love increases water's energy levels and stabilizes the water.
Dr. Masaru Emoto, like he did a book on water. He's like the main guy who's like studied water. Just as praying over water makes the water be more crystallized and you could see like the positivity in the water as opposed to like how it would be if, if you did the opposite. Remember how Leanne talked about how negativity, these words that we say, the word itself may not have innately like a negative connotation, but all of a sudden you send it with like negative intent and all of a sudden it you know it creates this negative space not only for the person who you're in intending to give it but also yourself it goes back to your intention you yes know, and, and choosing your words carefully so that you are making a effort to be inclusionary versus exclusionary and treating people with kindness so that when they're around you they feel welcome yeah water is also it's a great reminder of that uh Energy is, is a connecting force between everything. And as you said, you know, even if you're just talking about, let's say, lies, when you are maybe a, a child, maybe you're in high school, who knows when people learn to lie. But I found at one point that I was lying in high school and I was doing so because of uh, 
trying to achieve social status in certain ways. And I found that there was so much for me to remember about these lies, keep up the story, that I realized that I just didn't have the interest in letting lying dominate that much of my life. And, and then also, when it would have adverse effects on my relationships with, with people. And, and I really got to see that by lying to someone, even if you never get caught in the lie, you're inviting that dishonest energy into your life. And, and uh, lying is just an example, but there are a lot of ways I think that we do that. And water is a great example of the way that that energy gets transmitted. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, water is a great conductor. Like like Lupe was saying about the positive and negative, but another interesting aspect of this was where the gentleman took three glasses and he put uh, water and rice in each one. It was positive to one, negative to another, and completely ignored the third. I thought it was very interesting how the how the positive put out the great aroma, the negative turned black, but the one that was ignored just completely rotted. So positive and negative energy, obviously, what you put out there comes back. But when you ignore something, when you ignore a part of yourself, a part of family, even though maybe there's not good or bad intent, it doesn't seem to do well. It just kind of goes stale. Another way of looking at that is possibly, uh, you know, intention alone, not doing a whole lot. We have to actually put some energy into that intention. I wanted to offer, just to make sure that all perspectives and all voices have a chance to be represented, under the comment section of the video that was on YouTube, there was one person in particular that did have negative things to say about water, the documentary. So I thought I'd just bring those up. Anybody looking for a documentary that relates to the chemistry of water, this is about as far from that as you can get. This is Pat Robertson on water. This is Jerry Falwell with Water on the Brain. If water were Benny Hinn, water would recommend this quote-unquote documentary. Watch on for real laughs, chemists. Hopefully it won't make you cry. He goes on with uh, another one. Already within, only a few lines, I am met with a ridiculously biased assumption of a statement. The only such planet in the universe? Now, why would that be stated? That statement is not one shred of valid proof, and in fact, statistically and mathematically, given the several hundred billion stars in our galaxy, the many hundreds of billions of galaxies in the known universe, which could be only a bubble within the actual universe, saying such a thing is unlikely. Overall, the videos are worth the watch. Well, I, I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. It's actually something, because I, I rewatched it today, that came to mind about how this is the only planet with water, and who's to say that? I mean, in a universe that is infinite, goes on forever, and that we have only really, we haven't even begun to really explore yet. And considering the fact that we just found water on the moon, it is reasonable to assume that there may be water elsewhere in the universe. I just watched this really awesome documentary on the History Channel on how the Earth was made that talks about how all the water that came here and is on this planet came from billions of years of bombardment of meteors meteorites, once they get the planet anyway, bringing a couple of drops of water at a time. Now think about that. The oceans, the rivers, all the water that's contained on this planet in every living organism, etc., and all of it was brought a drop or so at a time by meteorites crashing into this planet over the course of billions of years. So 
that water was out there someplace, and now it's here. Stands to reason that there's probably more elsewhere in the solar system. Well, I think that it maybe we're still kind of egocentric as a planet <laughs> because we have not been proven otherwise. I guess some people believe we've been proven otherwise, but I think that that's still sort of the debate is we haven't ourselves gone and done the explorations or returned from explorations to prove within our universe or otherwise that there there is this. And, and it can be definitely an egocentric point of view to say that there's the only planet with water. But I think that's kind of irrelevant to the entire dialogue about water's power, the power of, of the vibration and, and water as being living or not living. And that was something that actually kind of caught me because I'm in my city, the water is treated with so much chlorine that you can smell it on our skin after you shower. And it's, it's, bothered me for the last few years that that this is you know there's so much there's fluoride there's there's so many things that have been added to the water and how do you purify it and with all these different theories about all the plastics and how that contaminates our our water that we drink if we're drinking from a plastic container etc 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 where's the positive energy where where can we reconnect with an actual spring and bring that into our communities that's that's my greater question is how do we get back to the essence because we've removed ourselves from it being urban dwellers we've removed ourselves from nature and i see that more and more as i try to reconnect with nature and find organic means like i'm i'm kind of jealous of you guys living in the south because you can have fresh fruits and vegetables from your area all year round whereas here we've get vegetable that's picked before its time, put into a truck, chemically uh, induced into ripening before it lands into the supermarket and where it prematurely dies because it never really had a good real life. Whereas if you buy organic grown foods within the community, they last. They last because they're alive. They last because they're alive. We subjected water to super-weak magnetic field impulses. These fields are tens of thousands of times weaker than the Earth's natural magnetic field. That means they are negligibly small from the standpoint of modern science. Fish were introduced into water that had been treated in this way, and the fish soon produced an unusual hatch of small fry. They differed radically from other fish to which they were related, though they looked as much alike as twins. Gray stripes appear on the belly of all these males at once, along with colored spots, which had not been observed previously. These are called phenotype changes, and it is of fundamental importance that these changes appear not just in some of the treated fish, but in all of them at the same time. And these phenotype changes that we caused are not a hypothesis. They occurred in practice. The experiment resulted in changes not only in the outward appearance of the fish, but also in their behavior. They began to react to outside stimuli in the same way. It was as if the whole school had acquired a collective mind. Great. 
pretty fascinating how disconnected we've become with all of those things which are our basic needs. Just being connected to nature or disconnected from nature and your food source and your water source. That's one of the things that I, I really found interesting about the uh, about the video was how it talks about in nature how water never takes like hard right turns. It always follows these sort of angular routes down the mountainside, you know, crashing here and there and, and running always past these resistances. Water makes a long and difficult journey before arriving in our homes. It used to be common knowledge that a settlement could only occur where there was a natural source of water. Today, whether or not there is water in a place is of no importance because we transport water for thousands of miles using high pressure. In nature, Rivers and streams always flow along a smoothly curving course. But any water supply system has multiple right angle turns. The natural structure of the water breaks down more and more with each such turn. Water from a water supply system which flows into our homes through pipes has various forms, crystals of various forms, but they are all deformed. It may have these crystals in many other arrangements, but you won't see any symmetry or beauty. It would be interesting to actually to have, to live in an environment where that was the way in which we actually got our water instead of having it pressurized and steamed and loaded with chemicals and pumped in a bunch of 90 degree turns through tiny tubes so that by the time it got to us its structure is completely eradicated. I found that really fascinating because I hadn't really thought about the structure of water. I just hadn't really thought about it except for it's in its own substance and thinking about the oceans and the plastics in the oceans and the lack of plankton that's left in certain parts of the ocean because it's been overrun by the amount of plastic that has been created and polluting our environment. And it was just, this is sort of more of a, a documentary to remind us about mo molecularly and beyond the actual structure of water. And, and I liked what, what they talked about again, as you had mentioned, Joshua, about the, uh, the memory, water having memory of everything. And uh, it's just a fascinating look into something that we use every day and tend to take for granted. And we will continue to until something major happens, right? Well, hopefully, hopefully because you watched it and I watched it and Isaac watched it and we're all uh, sentient human beings, um, you'll pass the information along and we can encourage everybody to watch it because I think it should be required. Even if you think it's BS, it does make you stop and think and appreciate more the substance that you're putting into your body every day and washing your body with, and that is so tied to everything in life. I mean, life doesn't exist on this planet without water. Just stopping and taking a moment to say thank you when you take a drink of water seems like a little thing. That every day. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I have too. Every time I take a drink of water, I put it to my forehead and I, you know, just say thank you. You know, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in me. I can feel it. I actually started playing like uh, my little Nalgene bottle of water, I started playing it Mozart, you know? 
That's awesome. I'm, I'm working on becoming a great eccentric. I think it's only eccentric because it's um, conventional thinking is, has taken us so far away from from our natural state of being and into a completely fabricated world almost that it's that's that's where I think the greatest sadness is is how we take all of these things for granted and all you have to do is stop and be grateful and it changes your entire day it really does look at a life of simple gratitude it's, it seems so simple and so dumb but you know it, it really does make a difference it really does make a difference we're always in such a hurry and we don't take the time to stop and say thank you to the people that are in our lives and really let them know that, that we're appreciative and the things that we take for granted like having a drink of clean fresh water and having something that is, you know, non-processed to eat. All those things are so vital to living, literally. And what does it take to just stop and say a small blessing, if you will, of, of offering a thanks before you consume it? Where did this come from? Where is it going after it leaves me? And thank you very much for, for keeping me alive another day. Seems such a small thing, you know, considering all that it gives back. When you allow yourself to go inward and reconnect with the source before you eat, and you're thankful for the, the water that you're drinking, and when you're able to recognize divine quality in other people, I think that the more of us that are doing that, truly doing that, not just talking about it, that literally the better the world. Better the world. Um,